Live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. South Carolina, what is annually the game of the year in the ACC? Number four, Florida State against unranked Clemson, the two and one Tigers. And a quarterback sneak with Klubnik. Touchdown! Throw and a touchdown. Will Shipley. We built this program in God's name, image, and likeness. Total domination by Clemson, Florida State averaging under two yards per play so far. In God's name. Phil Moffa! Phil Moffa! Phil Moffa all the way to the Florida State 30! In God's name, image, and likeness. He's getting killed! Oh, no, no, no! Not getting killed, he's getting mad! Here's a blast, and Klubnik didn't see it coming. He got blasted by Caleb Deloach, who has the ball and is heading toward the end zone. Touchdown, Florida State. What a turn of events for the Seminoles. The possibility of an unbelievable Hollywood ending. A 30-yard kick, and it is no good. Jordan Travis throwing in a single coverage, and the catch made, Keon Coleman. Klumnik, deflected and incomplete, Florida State wins at Clemson. We, we built this program. Woo! Suck it, Clemson! Good afternoon, and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. I'm Jeff, that's Tom, Director Matthew in the house. Good Monday, everybody. Hope you are well. Thanks for joining us. Always appreciate that. If you're on uh, War Chant TV, welcome in. Obviously, you should be able to hear me in a second. We'll, we'll get rolling here. And then on Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show, obviously. And if you're driving around town, maybe even enjoying the day, off. Good to you. Good to you. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Florida State ends the losing streak to Clemson. And uh, you know what? That's where you start. You start with the obvious that, um, man, it's uh, it's a weird, weird game that we love. And I, I thought about that a lot after that game was over. And then I thought about it even more today as I was getting set to do the show and show private and going back through and looking at this football game uh, very carefully. You know, you you think you know things before a season begins about a lot of things. We all have an opinion about a player or a team or a direction that a program's going. And uh, and then usually that extrapolates out to, you know, the teams that you have to compete against in order to win a conference or maybe make the college football playoff or whatever it is your team goals are in a given year. And so, you know, you take the uh, available evidence to you, the the stuff that you've seen, 
for us anyhow over at practice and uh, the personnel and what you've been able to either acquire or retain. You do the same with Clemson. You look at what they were a year ago, who they are, what they've done up to this point. You do the same throughout the league, right? And then invariably, no matter what happens, you get three or four games into a season and some things are, you know, you, you have to reevaluate. You have to kind of shake it up a little bit and say, okay, well, this did come to fruition the way I thought thought it would. It did, this didn't and this didn't. And I find myself doing that a lot uh, over the course of the first four games. And that is this, unequivocally, it is a great feeling to know that you're 4-0 and that if you look at the season, name somebody who's got two better wins than Florida State. You know, I mean, you got a road win against a talented Clemson team, and of course you throttled the LSU uh, in, in front of the nation. Uh, and, and, and you did that away from Doak. You did it in Orlando. And so you, you, you've got two of the most impressive wins on the season because I think Clemson's going to go on to have a good year, by the way. Uh, I think they're going to go on to have uh, a better season than what many people thought uh, after that Duke game. Let's just put it that way. And I don't know what to think about us, but I love being 4-0 and in the catbird seat. I love having ended a losing streak, and I think it takes amazing toughness to do what they did on Saturday, to have an entire aspect of your game plan absolutely stoned. They had no chance to run the football on Saturday, and it became pretty clear pretty early they weren't going to run the football well. And yet you still win that football game, and you make adjustments at halftime, and you create the turnover that changes the game, and you fight and fight and fight. And so at the very least, you know this club. You know two things about this club. They're 4-0, control their own destiny, into the losing streak to Clemson at Clemson, and you know that they're tough. They're really tough. I think they're mentally tough. I think they're a tough bunch of SOBs. You know, a lot of times when it happens to other teams, we'll say, oh, that's a culture win. That's a culture win for that club. That's just who they are. They're tough. They win these kinds of games. They've done it a lot. And usually when it's about another team, especially if it's them beating us, we roll our eyes. Really? Okay, we're going to go with a culture win there. That's what got – but it does exist. I kind of feel like we got a culture win on Saturday – which is a good testament to this coaching staff. That said, you can't help but note that Florida State's not running the ball at all. They're really not successful up front. They don't block people. They're really struggling to block people. Sometimes it's that simple. They don't block well. And that's not something we thought we'd see. It's going to be fascinating. The bye week could not come at a better time. This is as perfect a scenario as you could get you find a way to win those games you don't play very well through your first four games you're four and oh and you've beaten lsu and clemson and you have massive room for improvement and now this gets really intriguing because to me my opinion is jordan travis is clearly not healthy he hasn't played very well he's not healthy can he get healthy? I don't know. I guess so. I mean, let's see. I mean, he's got this week off, basically. He's got, um, you know, a, a situation against Virginia Tech who that program's falling off a cliff. Now, I, I don't want to assume anything anymore, but Florida State at home against Virginia Tech feels like a, a good opportunity to perhaps get healthier, continue to get healthy, you know, that kind of a thing where you're not going to probably need Jordan to run the ball. But at some point for this running game to get going, he is going to have to run the ball, and he refuses to do so now. He will not run it. 
I mean, they had, what, the one called run for him on the fourth down play, and he fights through because he's tough and, and he makes the play. But other than that, they won't run him, and he won't run. He gets outside the pocket all the time, and he has an opportunity for a free 8 to 12 yards, and he'll never take it. He makes some impossible throw, running to the sideline, trying to hit a receiver who's club- covered, who's got to make a miraculous catch instead of taking those yards. Something's not right with him. Offensive line has struggled in a way we didn't suspect. And yet there they are 4-0. And so you're balancing this, and I think that's why you see this fan base so conflicted right now. Because I think any reasonable, rational person today looks in the mirror and says, they're freaking 4-0. If I told you before the season we were going to beat LSU and we were going to beat Clemson and obviously take care of business in the other games and that we would be going to the bye week 4-0, I don't think you would have cared how it looked. You would have just said, okay, 4-0. We're 4-0. Suck it. That's it, 4-0. And you... Yeah, and that's exactly where you'd be. And you'd be right to say that. You'd be right to say that. You'd go, you know what? They are 4-0, and they beat the two teams on their schedule. We knew this was a tough slate to start the year. You're going to have to play those games. You're going to have to win those games, at least one of them, and they won both of them. And then now you kind of go and you exhale and you, you realize that that's a real thing, that they've won those games and they have found a way. And then you also realize something else to be true. They got to get better. They got to get a lot better because they won't go undefeated and they won't win their games that we're expecting them to win if they continue to play that way. They don't really have, that I can tell, an offensive identity. I called you... After the game, we talked. We talked some on the pregame show as well. And I said, I'm beginning to wonder when Mike will come to the, begrudgingly come to the conclusion, because I don't think this is what he wants, begrudgingly come to the conclusion that they got to throw the ball 40 times. They just got to start throwing the ball. You've got a mismatch across the board if you play all your wide receivers and tight ends. You've got dudes that will will win one-on-one battles. Does that include slot receivers? <laughs> I promise you guys, they throw to the slot receivers in practice. I promise you they do. They're they're out there, they're dressed, they rep, they play well. You see it, you walk off that field, you say he's good, he's good, he's good. They got dudes. You get into the game and it becomes Jeff Bowden's offense and that is startling to me because that's not who Mike is. Mike 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 is they they have a crisis of uh of identity right now. They cannot figure out what and who they are. And it probably has a lot to do with a myriad things that aren't working the way he thought they would and they're mixing and matching and trying to figure out what this can be and what this is. At the end of the day in this game, it became evident that okay, we can't run the ball, but we still have to show it to try to keep Clemson honest and maybe to throw play action off of it later, things you do, but you know, okay, we're, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to give you a little sampling of this, even though we know it's not going to work because I can't get my quarterback killed. He's already getting hit incessantly. So I got to give you some of this run and just hope like hell at some point we make a play. We, we never really did. And then it created one-on-ones. Because Clemson's like, well, Jordan's not going to keep it, and they can't run traditionally. We're going to shut this down, and we trust our corners. And by the way, they got good corners. They got really good corners. 
In fact, if you're Clemson, if you can get past the grief of losing in this football game and you can get over the fact that you're 2-2 two and two, and you can forget the fact that uh, prior uh, to this little stretch that you had lost three or five games, if you can get past all of that, you have to kind of love your personnel right about now if you're them. You have a young star receiver in the making. He was a kid I talked about in the pregame show that I was worried about, and he made huge plays. You've got good corners. you got elite linebackers, elite linebackers. You've got probably an answer, I think, now. you you got a kid at quarterback who you like, and I think you're going to like your coordinator. So anyhow, moving forward, Clemson probably feels pretty good. And that hastens the need for us to figure this all out, by the way, because we're not going to probably play them again, but we do have to play them next year and the year after and the year after, and I think they're about to be good again. Unfortunately, it's a very small window. Maybe they break. Maybe they fall apart. Maybe, because they do have a difficult difficult schedule. Maybe they lose and he loses the locker room. That could all happen. What if they lose to, you know, what if they lose to North Carolina? What if they lose to Miami? Right. If all of a sudden the losses mount, then maybe it happens. But back to us, because that's all I really care about. We got to remedy some things, but I, at the same time, want to revel in the fact that they won these games, that they needed to win these games. They did win these games. They've won a lot of games in a row, 10, in fact, in a row. Uh, they've changed the culture here. There's no question about that. That's how you gut through a performance like this where you're not playing well, but you stay in the game because you are tough mentally and physically, and you do hang around, and you do create your own luck. I mean, that's not lucky. I heard, how many times have I heard people say that was lucky? The blitz is a called blitz. There were tons of them before that one hit, too. They called the blitz. That hit is a perfect hit. It is executed right on the throwing arm. Blows him up without committing a penalty. Creates the turnover because of the blitz. The scoop and score, okay. Ball bounces a lot of ways when fumbles happen. This one bounced your way. But you created that with the pressure. Now, I could point out a lot of game-changing plays. Yeah, their kid missed a field goal. But what are their dumbasses doing calling a guy in New York City the week before a game like this? Come on down and let's make this the feel-good Hollywood story of the year. Screw your Hollywood ending. I thought Sean McDonough was going to cry when he missed. And they also got a few calls. They didn't throw a few flags that they could have absolutely and should have absolutely thrown. And then there was a Christian Ponder to Ty Jones moment that they got away with on a second and one. Remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Forces mm-hmm. a third and six in that situation. The ball bounced right back to the quarterback. Or yeah. else you might have ball game right there in that moment. So for the bounce it that you did out. get, yeah, even, it, it did even, even out. Yeah, I'm not worried yeah. about that. It, people can gripe back and forth all they want about all that. It, the bottom line is you won the game. It felt like an NFL win. You know, the, the possessions were few, the opportunities were few, but it's just, it comes down to a moment, a play, the win probability probably, you know, I know people don't like analytics, but it's a fun graph when you do what Florida State did, because Clemson's win probability is probably 75, 80% before oh, that snap on sure. second and 10. Absolutely, yeah. And that one play shifts it by how many percent? 30 or 40? It just... That that game that we watched is played out on Sundays yeah. because it's just so sudden how it ends. Yeah, I, I like that you got out of Dodge. You found a way to win a game where you didn't have, you know, your full arsenal. You didn't – in the sense that you you really – Even when you do block it up, you turn down the opens. I mean, yeah, uh, that's, yeah, 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 yeah. They got a lot to work on. There's they're going to be good. chucking the remote control in the film room a lot this week. I like that uh, you get to you get to exhale – and then you get to kind of refocus your energy here on what you, what you need to be. They got to figure out who they are. They, they got to figure out who they are. And 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 I I do think it's going to be important. Obviously, Maurice Smith makes a big difference. 
Uh, he's a warrior. He plays through injury. He's never been healthy. It's been two years of him not being healthy, and he's still out there all the time, and he makes a difference. But it looks to me, I mean, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot about the offensive line. You know, getting Robert Scott back might afford you an opportunity to change things up. If you get Robert Scott back healthy, and one would presume that he's going to be all right by the time they play Virginia Tech, and you get this week off again, injured guys coming back, feeling better, and getting healthy, it's huge. If he's close, don't push it. Let him play right. Syracuse then. Correct. Yeah. So you get Robert Scott back at left tackle, and then I think that gives you an opportunity to move Bless to right tackle. And then you put Bless at right tackle, and you tell uh, Byers to play guard or sit the bench. One of the two. And you will be able to run the ball more consistently if you make that move. I think that's true because he's got good feet and he can pull, and it seems to me you're going to have to play him at guard. That's my guess. Um, and if you if you do that, now all of a sudden we're shuffling the offensive line a little bit, and I think you got an opportunity uh, to maybe remedy some of your problems. But to truly remedy your problems, you're going to have to run the ball with Jordan Travis. It opens everything else up. Nobody thinks he's keeping the ball because he's not keeping the ball. Yeah, the thing I'd say is you look at the Boston College performance on the ground, and that's the one that's concerning because otherwise it, you've got oh, four— Oh, you can give Clemson credit here. Yeah. You've got four data points, and two of them are LSU's defensive front and Clemson's defensive front. Yeah. I mean, what you're about to do this next month, I'm not discounting what Duke is, impressive win again this weekend for Duke. You're going to play at home, finally, three times in a row, and you're not going to be playing the defensive fronts from LSU or Clemson. So you're going to have opportunities to break off some big runs and get some confidence going. And if you can get Robert Scott back and make that offensive line stronger left to right, that also that would have helped this weekend. I think you would hit on some more runs. It's just Jeremiah's yeah. struggling a little bit. You could say it. It is apparent that he is struggling out there. And you could use, maybe he could use a breather, and he works his way in. <laughs> initially, well, initially they were going to rotate between Bless yeah. and and, uh, and Jeremiah. Uh, and that's what they did against LSU before Robert got hurt. If you want to rotate guys in and out, that's what they do with Keandre Jones, then maybe you're stronger for it across the board. But Bless at right tackle changes the running game by itself. Well, I, yeah, I think they're going to have to shuffle some things there. Uh, I've been... I thought the whole use of personnel across the board has been interesting. I, it's the, the use of some guys, the, the non-use of other guys, uh, the rotation defensively. Like I, I find it all fascinating. I really am having a hard time putting my finger on it. Um, you know, I think, and, and we can talk about the defensive side of the ball, which made great adjustments at halftime. Tired of having to make drastic adjustments at halftime because we come out the gates with not knowing. Well. Uh, <laughs> Uh, see see how easy it is. See how easy. Oh, you can spiral really fast. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can. It's Jeff Cameron Show, ninety three three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships—is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me <laughs> 
Daxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just huh? make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. like we need this uh this week too buddy just to kind of figure it you know kind of wrap your mind around all the different things that you're seeing and again it is so much easier to do it to wrap your mind around these things when you're winning football games and to to kind of wrestle with the identity crisis and to try to figure out personnel uh issues and and you know we can talk about you know i think a lot of people feel like mike's plan in this game was to you know throw a bunch of 50-50 balls. I don't that, I don't think that was the plan, guys. I think it's what they had to resort to because really they were ineffective doing the things that he wants to do. And he doesn't have a quarterback that can run right now. So you've got some issues to figure out here. Uh the good news is you you found a way. Um it's 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 fascinating uh to to watch. Um it's fascinating to watch Mike. I, I really enjoy watching a guy kind of wrestle with what they are and what what he's building and you know I've, I've said this before we we try to pay attention we've always joked about these things with it started a long time ago where i would pay attention to jimbo's press conferences because i thought he had a tell you know you could tell when he was sincere about something um and something else that was bothering him and he was deflecting you know you kind of go through you could just see the the darting eyes and all of that the frustrations mike's kind of got to tell too on the sideline of games doesn't really reveal it post-practice interviews. Doesn't really reveal it in his press conferences in general. His tell is typically uh, this: the squat down in game when he squats all the way down, he's frustrated. He's very frustrated, and he's contemplating a lot of things at once. <laughs> and and yet the game's going on, and he does a good job of keeping his emotions in check while it's happening, and just trying to get through whatever this obstacle is in the moment. But it's a simultaneous thing. It's a, okay. I've got to project strength here. I'm very frustrated that we're not able to do this. And I thought we would be able to, or I'm very frustrated with this person or this player or this coach or whatever it might be, you know, ruminations, right? As he's squatting down, you can see it. Whenever he does that, whenever he goes to the full squat, I'm like, Oh, he's mad. He's, he's frustrated by aspects. And I can't ever know. I can certainly look at the context clues, but I can never know specifically what he's mad about. I just know that he's mad. 
Well, and he was, last Monday, he doesn't typically give you a teledepressor, but he was a little shook last Monday after Boston College. And I think part of it is he's trying to figure out what it is that they are. Uh, yeah, well. From the macro sense, like, because there's, Monday is, I'm setting the tone for the week. I'm setting the messaging for the week. Uh, this is what we're going to be about. And then there's the micro. And so he was nervous in both instances. He's like, what are we? When he's when he has time, and this you got a lot of time this week to be a philosopher and say what what is what ought to be, and then in the game you're just saying how the hell do I get out of here with a win? And I think one of the other things he was frustrated by, and he was correct to be, is we didn't get a good whistle on Saturday. We did not. I'm not saying the ACC was out to get us. No. Clemson and us, we want to walk out of this conference hand in hand. Correct. So it's not like no. they have it in for Florida State. But the boys were allowed to play on the perimeter until Bernardo Green was called five seconds after the play on a third down. But a lot of the jump balls that were thrown, namely one to or deep shots, one to Jaheim Bell in the second half, fourth quarter, and then one to Keon Coleman on the fourth and ten. Guys, I mean, you just we're just scrapping the rule book completely. You got picks downfield by Clemson. Their offensive line was tugging our D-line to the ground. I think that's part of the reason that you were bringing extra pressure was they're letting him play in the trenches, do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. And that's another reason for Mike in the moment to be in that position of frustration because it's all falling down around you. And yet, and yeah. yet. And yet, you, you find a way to put it together and win the game. Yeah. Which is why his celebration after this game mirrored that of LSU last year. The same thing, like running, oh, finding running, a way jumping to win up that, and down. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think finding a way to win that game and to break a losing streak and to get over the hump and to be in a position now to fix your problems and do so while you're undefeated, you know, it's another get-out-of-jail-free card that you just earned on Saturday. You now are in a prime position, of course, to at least play for the conference championship. Yeah. You're, in, you're in control of that. And, you know, that Miami game is going to be very difficult. If we're not playing better by the time we play that game, we'll lose that game. Uh, but that game is here, and we have a lot of time between that time and this time, so you can fix those things. Uh, you look at the game at the end of the year against Florida on the road. Uh, if we're not playing better than we're playing right now, we'll go lose that game too. So this is what I mean about your preconceived notions and preseason predictions that we all have. If I had told you before the year that we would play in fits and stops and starts and never look all that in sync – and that we'd have some personnel issues, and that we'd have a quarterback who's playing worse right now than he did at the end of last year. Jordan's not playing better than he did in the last six games of last year. He's not. So you have a lot of things that are are things that you would think would spell doom, and yet you've won those games. If I told you those things were all true, and that yet you were going to win the games you had to win, and that you were going to be 4-0, and that you would beat LSU decisively, and that you would then beat Clemson on the road and have less than 30 yards rushing, and you'd still win that game, you'd have taken it, you'd have been shocked by it. But also if I had said to you, yeah, you're going to win those games, but if you don't get it together, you're going to lose to Florida and Miami. You would have looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah, I don't think you are. I don't think you're going to lose those games either. I said yeah. they have lots of time no, between this time and that time. I'm saying I don't think you're crazy. I just I wonder how stiff the test was on Saturday. There's not a lot of data for what Clemson is. You got the Duke game, and that was the question I had all week. Like, what is Clemson? You know, by extension, how good is Duke? Like, what what the heck did we watch that first week? I was super impressed by Clemson, especially that defense. That very well could be the best defense that we see all season long. It wouldn't stun me one bit. Yeah. And if that's the case, then by default, I think your offense is going to be more successful, not in fits and stops and starts. 
when you play Miami, when you play Florida. Yeah, except, though, you would admit there there was no semblance of an offense for us in the fourth quarter of this game. We got that staggered. W- that was yeah. not an offense. That was, no. that was a, I've got a one-on-one, I'm just going to throw it up. Yeah. There were no there was no real offense no. being played there. Sequencing could be better. And, and the drive <laughs> the drive that kills me is seventeen all. You call two runs to Rodney. I love Rodney as much as the next guy, yeah. and there's nothing there. Well, there, there wasn't there anything there all all it, day. It's the back to back calls. Okay. So we're gonna come out after after a lesson potentially could be learned at the end of the half. What gets us started on offense? It's a second and ten back shoulder to Trey Benson. You know, that's that's how that drive gets started where we score and it looks like we're getting into a bit of a rhythm offensively. It wasn't a Trey Benson run for 15 yards. It was a back shoulder throw to Trey Benson on a second and 10. Yeah. First down, Jordan has to scramble on the fourth and one third effort, but it's the pass that opens this thing up. And so now you have a chance. You got the the kick to start, which Ryan Fitzgerald bailed your ass out because you have an illegal formation. You kick from 48 yards. I think the game's over if he misses it. It reminded me of Aguayo in 2014 down in Miami. This is a big moment now. By the way, he doesn't just make it. There's a lot of room left. Yeah. Up. There's a lot of meat on the bone there. My yep. man could have made that from 56. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 48, and it's well up on the you know on the on the sidebar there, the crossbar. It's well above the crossbar, and I. He mm-hmm. went from Zach Johnson to John Daly. Well, it was really fascinating, too, because it comes off his foot. You think he misses it because yeah. it's out wide, and then it just comes back in. It was like a nice little draw, but uh, give him credit. I mean, he makes a big kick there. By the way, I should not overlook this. Bravo, Mastromano. Bravo, Fitzgerald. Uh, you don't win the game without those two guys. Uh, that field goal you're talking about now turns out to be absolutely huge, especially in light of the fact that they're – Kicker misses a thirty-yarder uh, to cement the game to you know to win the game. Basically, you're going to win. They're going to win the game if he makes that kick and he misses it. Eh, suck it. And then you you had a you had a punter outside of one bad punt. Yeah, who flipped the field all day long. He was dominant. Brilliant. I mean, Mastromano was fantastic in this football game, and I can't say it enough. And I I do tend to overlook it sometimes. So I want to make sure I get that on record here. He was awesome in this game. Bravo to him. I would like to win every game 100 to nothing. Do not get me wrong when I make this statement. But since you are here and these games did happen the way that they did. And you are 4-0, yeah. If you can get clicking and you can find sequencing. You got a chance to be great. Because you are forged in fire with all of this adversity. Everything that you've been through. If we get to Charlotte or the playoff or whatever and there's adversity that strikes, we are so ready for that now. Oh, buddy, this is, you've survived playing, um, you know, something less than your best. Let's just put it that way. We can debate the degree to which we want to talk about their shortcomings. They got a lot of things to fix and a lot of things to work on and a lot of things to discover and, and, and all of that, right? But they're going to work on those things after having survived this start and you won both games and you showed a lot of heart in both cases. Like, Think about the fourth down stops, the goal line stops against LSU. That's bowing up when you have to bow up. We give everybody else credit for doing those kinds of things, and we admire those defenses that get stops in the red zone. We admire defenses that force turnovers with the game on the line. We admire people who can stop the run when everybody knows it's coming, right? And we did those things in that game. And then in this situation, you know, you're really getting brutalized in the first half. Your defense is playing pretty poorly, getting kind of manhandled frankly. And the second half, 
your defense ties Clemson's offense seven to seven. Your defense alone does that. You only give up seven in a hostile environment on the road with an offense that was clicking going into halftime. You ratchet up the pressure. You create a turnover when you have to have it. You got stops when you had to have it. So you get credit for that too. We can talk about the things that piss us off about the defense, and there's plenty. But you got to at least acknowledge those moments when they do rise up or when he makes an adjustment and they make plays and change the game. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I think I don't give a, a freshman the option where he's a sophomore, but he's really like a redshirt freshman, the option to throw the ball on a third and inches Oh, in I'm overtime. telling him I know that ordinarily, yeah, ordinarily yeah. you're allowed to check. You ain't checking nothing. This is going to Shipley. But the defense in that moment can take a breath. You know, they could and say, well, it's third and inches, okay, it's a to the flat, let's just get him out of bounds and we'll get him. You know, first down, no problem, let's go get him the next series. They didn't. They got downhill and do what they do. Oh, yeah, you they know, blow up those little quick – the quick game gets blown up by us pretty easily. I, I do – I'm impressed by that. Any of the bubble stuff out there gets blown up all the time. Uh, there, there's a lot of stuff that happened on Saturday I did not foresee coming. And my, Mike either. I mean, just look at him on the sidelines during I mean. that game. But the, the look on his face, again, you can tell he's searching. But one thing that I thought for sure, you know, Clemson's game plan against Duke, Duke was playing off, and so there's a lot of bubble stuff. And and I figured that they couldn't do that against us. They didn't even try. No. They're, until the most critical moment of the game. When their quarterback <laughs> goes rogue, but then we get downhill and we make that play. Look, if you just tackle him and he falls forward and it's fourth and inches, they call a sneak, no problem. But yeah. you make a play in the backfield to force an idea of a slant. I still would have handed the ball up the middle and win or lose with, with Shipley. That would have been my call. But you force a decision there by making a play in the backfield. And it's Renardo. They're all rallying to the ball. But that's what we do, and that's where the defense, you're right, that's where you bow up in a big moment, Yeah. and it doesn't feel like a huge play when, when you look at it on the score sheet, but the building knew it, those fans knew it, they called it on the broadcast that they were booing the play call the moment it happened. That has an effect. That ha- that all has an effect, and then you get the deflection on fourth down. I bet you they would have found a way to throw a flag if it wasn't deflected at, at the uh, line of scrimmage, but that's how you win the game is you bow up on a third and uh, – like when we beat them in overtime – in 2014, it's first and goal from the half-yard line for Deshaun Watson. feels like that drive's over, right? They're going to score a touchdown, right, and they're right, on their way. The snap over the head. You get the, yeah. Every play, every play, and this group, this defense did that. Well, I'm going to say this, Tom. I, I, it's much more fun to dissect, analyze, kind of lay bare the good and the bad for what we are in the midst of a 4-0 season here in Tallahassee, Florida, doing the show we love to do together and have for a long, long time. Much more fun to do that today, warts and all, than to have to do that hosting in Greenville, South Carolina today and ask questions of one Dabo Sweeney yet again about how it was in the biggest moments. Those guys cramped up mentally. There was some weird stuff going on there. End of regulation. How in the world on third and inches, that's not a run no matter what to Shipley? I you can never excuse that away. And it's blocked up. By the way, you got two plays to get an inch. You're playing to win the game here. What are you doing? I mean, that is insane. And it's blocked up. Yes. I don't know what he's reading. What it's bizarre. That can never happen. And you had already converted in a situation earlier on a fourth down. See how everybody is playing desperate against us too, making these decisions and getting aggressive. That tells you what they see on the film about how good we are empirically. A coaching staff doesn't say, oh, we're on our own side of the field. Let's go for it on fourth down, unless they realize we got to get him. We got to get him now. But you had a fourth down conversion for Clemson earlier in this game, and it was easy peasy. Run to the left. Yeah. And yet, 
Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. The mistake Klubnik made was unfortunate. Very, very, very unfortunate. But it happens with young starters, right? That's so it, it, it can. <laughs> yeah, I can let them wrestle with their emotions today, the self-loathing and all that they have to hey, go through. Okay, that's the second time that your coach is a big time you. He's big-timed you. He got you for the slide against Duke, and then he's shouting at you one yard when he's running on the field on third down. He's big-timing you, Cade. I don't know if you want to play football for Clemson It's anymore. funny, though. The, the weirdest thing about Cade is that in that situation, you know, he says after the game, you know, I, I'm the one who optioned into that. He does have that option. But, that Cade, that's nice of you, but your coach should have told you under zero circumstances. There isn't one. No, oh, it's a There run. is no circumstance that you're allowed to audible to that. I'm not allowing you to. We're turning and handing the ball off to Will Shipley, and we are going to get the first down. And by the way, if we don't get it on this down, we're going to get it on the next one because we're going to do it twice, and he's not going to get stopped for less than a yard. He's just not. Well, guess what? Dabo's going to sign a promissory note, and he's going to say, uh, next time we'll do that. I promise you, we'll run the ball next time. And I'm sure Clemson fans will forgive him for it. They'll say, okay, <laughs> you know what? You got it, Coach. Uh, you get the, a mulligan for you. You know, next time, you will do right next time. It's going to be a weird rest of the season and a fun one to watch. I, I just talk about it. If I can remove passion and fandom and all that other stuff, right? Uh, if you and I are just looking at this team, there are so many unanswered questions. And Mike has a lot of things to think about right now. a lot of work to do. It's really weird to be a 4-0 team with the two most significant wins of any team in the country. And yet there's so much work to do and so many question marks and so many things to fix. It's just very strange. Both can be true, but it is. It, it, that's how it's played out. This team does not have a complacency issue no, like 2014. No, no, I, no, no. They're not that There have been all. some comparisons. Oh, your, your heart no, is in no. your throat the way the 2014 was. Yeah, no, that team but, was lazy. That team yeah. was complacent. That team went through the motions. Also had a, more talent. That team was more talented than this team. The, the funny thing, and there's no doubt about that, the yeah. funny thing is you almost have to guard against that a little bit moving forward because what has been defined – since the season started, our margin for error is huge. Yeah. <laughs> we are good enough that our margin for error is super wide. When we had to you know, go up to Clemson two years earlier, and we're winning that game late, do you know mm. how thin our margin for error oh, was yeah, in that could, game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is now massive, especially for these next few opponents. So you got to stay on them about that. And then let's not have to use every inch of that margin. Football's a game of inches, but we don't need to use every inch of that margin for error. Because it is a lot. I'll tell you this. You should have beat us when you had the chance. That's that's the other way to look at this. Uh, you've seen this before, right, where you fool around. Like LSU this year is a perfect example. They had multiple opportunities to make that gap, to widen that gap to 14, to 17, and you might not have been able to come out in the second half and go win that game because the game is played differently. You've been dictated to at that point, and what you call changes dramatically down 14, 10, or 17, right? But instead, it's a three-point game, and we get the ball. And then from there, you come out and you, you establish, you actually establish the run, and, and you were able to win that game going away, and you make some big-time throws. Best half of football they've played all year. It's not even close. They haven't played another good half, really, uh, against a meaningful opponent. It's Southern Miss. They just kind of ran around, did whatever the hell they wanted. It was ridiculous. But this is, it's really, really interesting um, t- because you now think, I mean, I've seen this so many times. How many times we've been watching in basketball where a team's shooting a miserable percentage, but they have better players than you, and they can't hit the broad side of the barn? But there's no statistical evidence that says they're going to keep missing those shots. They just happen to be today in the first half. But you can't you trip over yourself and you yeah. can't find a way to make that margin, that working margin to go in the second half, 15 or 18. Yeah, which it's you, only seven. It's seven. You're like, damn it, man. 
we have to run. They're still in the game. Here we go. And then they come out and start making shots. You're like, but see, see. Well, I mean, that's the way I feel about other teams right now. Look at what we're doing. Look at the convoluted, disjointed nature of our offense. And you guys can't put us away? Well, sirs. You should have done what you could have done when you had the opportunity because there's no guarantee. That's the other side, other way to look at this. There's no guarantee for the rest of these games that Florida State won't figure that out and find the sequencing and get the best out of that personnel that they have, that they're not utilizing in the slot right now, that they won't have the right five up front, you know, that Tr- Jordan Travis won't get healthy right, and, and and suddenly he starts running and the offense looks a lot different. Yeah, that we won't start the game trying to pass guys off and giving wide open reads. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so they start more aggressively. They bring pressures right off the bat. They speed quarterbacks up. They come out offensively and say, screw it. We're going four and five wide. We're going to throw the football. You're going to have to adjust to that, and then we are going to run the ball. So we just have to do things a little bit differently around here these days guys but we're going to do it nonetheless that's very well what we may find out fascinating to see what mike chooses because he's got options now and time and because of this buy and because virginia tech is dreadful he's got some time jeff cabbage 93.3 real talk radio war chat tv hey guys our next partner is ag1 the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health i drink it quite literally every single day I began using AG1 because, I'll be honest with you, I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins, and I just wanted something that tastes great, was quick, and easy to remember, so I do it. I do it every morning when I wake up. I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out, and I will tell you this, too. It is um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash JCS. Again, that's go to, uh, all you got to do is go to uh, drinkag1.com slash JCS. That's drinkag1.com slash JCS. Check it out. It's delicious. It's quick. It's easy. It's proven. Vitamins, probiotics, whole food source nutrients. Start your day with it. You'll feel better. I promise. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Close game tonight there, Director? Or does or does Philadelphia run away with it? You got a feel? 10 points? 10 points? You give me 10? I'll take the 10 if you want to. A little wager. Always negotiating. I like that. Well, he's offering up 10 points. He thinks it's a 10 point spread. I'll, I'll take the 10. It's the uh, the cliche. Pulls away late. You know, Philadelphia pulls away late. Um, we We didn't celebrate my 100% accurate prediction. Thirty-one twenty-four over Clemson. I was waiting. I, you know, isn't that how it looked in your head too? Um, of course, of course. We didn't. We didn't even talk about the how we'd get there. I just knew we would. So thirty-one twenty-four is once again another accurate prediction. I'm like insanely good at that. It's unbelievable. That player props, guys. That's where you want to be, right here. Player props, just win, 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 win. Is the picture starting to come into focus for Virginia Tech? It's a three thirty kick. 
two Saturdays from now. I need, to, I need to watch practice a couple times uh, between now and then. Then I'll let you know. Then I'll give you the number. Probably the exact number. But just let me let me watch a couple practices first. Uh, so what do we get here? We got a 1-0 with Kittle from our Redemption Thursday picks, a 2-0 with the minus 10.5. We had a push with Ohio State and Notre Dame. I laid the three. They won by three. Suck at Notre Dame. Um, then you have, by the way, the pain in their eyes. You had to love that in the dump of a town. Were you watching that? Oh, I, yeah, wasn't that great? It was a great uh, primetime window because Arkansas LSU was compelling as hell down the stretch. Very compelling. Yeah. Very compelling. That was uh, at least Erling's pick, too, was Arkansas. Oh, was points. it? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, wow. It was a 45-unit player or whatever it was, yeah. He, he, I'm <laughs> glad to know that. You weren't going to bet it, neither I was I. I wouldn't have touched By it. By the way, so that's 2-0-1 at that point for me. Penn State easily covered against Iowa. That's 3-0-1. Tennessee covered against UTSA. That's 4-0-1. Oregon all over Colorado. That's 5-0-1 well, for yours yeah. truly. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I, I lost the K-State UCF under, so that is 5-1-1. Uh, um, Middle Tennessee State versus Colorado State first half over 26 and a half. Guess how much it was? 27. <laughs> <laughs> that's a win. 6-1-1. One, one. Oklahoma Cincinnati under 57. That's a win. 7-1-1. and one. BYU plus 10. I didn't get it. I lost. They lost by 11. Mm. So I went 7-2-1 against in Redemption Thursday this week. That's back-to-back dominations. We are rolling, Big River. Mm. Well, then I will. These numbers are coming in. It's like the Matrix. I see it. You better release a Redemption Thursday card this week. I won't be here to, to look at it. Wow. I'll, I'll text it to you, Tommy. No, thank you. I'll text you my That's, Redemption Thursday. Do I get the uh, <laughs> the phone service? Do I get the Jeff Cameron Show yeah, VIP I'll, phone I'll, service? I'll, I'll get it to you. Between predicting games right on the head and then also uh, back-to-back weeks dominating, it's a good time. Good time. We're doing well. It's going to be a strange week. Uh, I believe this is the 2014 or 2015 college football playoff committee buzz term, body clock. Remember that? Oh, yeah. That was the worst. Yeah, because the Ryder Cup morning matches begin at 1.30 a.m. Eastern time. Well, now, see, I can't do that. It's 1.30 and 6.30. 1.30 and 6.30 for the morning and afternoon matches on Friday and Saturday. 6.30 is a wonderful time right. to get up and watch a little golf. I think I'm going to do the uh, – because they, they run so many commercials anyway – I'm gonna do the old 4 a.m. wake up, and then binge, like, like do a little, yeah, catch up the morning se- session, and then get a little bite, and then watch the afternoon at 6:30. I think that's what we're gonna do. 6:30 a.m. the afternoon yes, session that's for correct. us back here. Yeah. Yes, and it's 5:30 a.m. on Sunday for the singles play. So that's that's not terrible. You can do 5:30 a.m. You can do 5:30 oh, a.m. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. I don't like our chances. This is an interesting Ryder Cup. Uh, it, it, yeah. Things changed radically towards the end of the year. Oh, if you want to see Americans playing great golf, wait until the year of the President's Cup <laughs> around August and September. Yeah. All the Americans are kicking ass. And hey, if you want to bet hey, against who Europeans, loves the President's Cup? You. Who loves the President's Cup, baby? We own it. If it's a President's <laughs> Cup year, don't don't uh, push for a Euro to win a major. Not going to happen. But if it's a Ryder Cup year, here they are. John yep. Rahm, Masters. Yeah. Well, and golly. Victor Hovland, one of the best players in the world. It's gotten out of control. Victor, like, at the end of the PGA season, Victor looked like the best player in the world. He went nuts. Um, it's, time okay. to, it's time to hate some Europeans this week. It's going to be great. <laughs> I know a lot of you out there, it's difficult for you. But uh, you muster it up. Listen, I, I'm i going to spend a lot of time thinking about Sean Payton and Russell Wilson because it brings me joy to see those two doofuses on the wrong end of a 70-point ass beating. Is that doofy? Is that the, doofy? Uh... Doofuses? Is there anything better than that? 
Watching Miami drop 70 points in an NFL football game, watching that Denver team. Oh, wait, I thought the genius was coming in to fix everything. Mm, unlimited oh. offensive potential <laughs> for Miami. Have you seen the dollar amount associated with those two bums for Denver to try to get out of this? They're screwed. They've got to pay Sean Payton 17 to $20 million a year for like the next eight years. <laughs> this is the best. And then, meanwhile, you got a 200 and whatever something million dollar contract for Russell Wilson who can't play. This is uh, this is something. This is something. And it was joyous to watch that play out. I, In my lifetime, quite literally, I have never seen an NFL team score 70 points. Never happened since I've been alive. It never happened. It's never happened until yesterday. Normally, baseball provides this sort of thing. Until yesterday, nobody had ever done da 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 da, da right? Now I'm sitting there watching this game. Like, this is happening. Somebody's going to score 70 points. That's freaking awesome. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.